if only I could get your hardware to do what I want it to do, which is usually, you know, make it be a Zoom room or make it be an MTR yeah. in the past, you know, I would buy. Yeah, if I if I if I could get my Ferrari to run at a tempo at a Pinto speed, that's what I would buy your Ferrari so I could have the Pinto platform, right? Well, I mean, that's the weird <laughs> thing, man. Like all along, I would just tell people, well, then just buy the device, you know, and yeah. then let's see what we can do with it. You know, that's always been the story for Cisco all along before was, you know, we know the hardware is great and why not try to go down our path? You know, it seems like we got outsold, though, through the pandemic. You know, a lot of folks went home. Life yeah. changed real fast. The pandemic put a, uh, I guess, left a gap of where we really, as Cisco, noticed that, hey, there's a gap for the at-home worker. And I, I would say that we really focused hard throughout the pandemic to bring that going into the office type of environment to your home office. Yeah, yeah, we released a lot of products, you know, during that thing. Yeah, and, yeah. I, you know, it's not even really over per se, I guess. I mean, it's still on and going every once in a while you hear. I mean, your your wife was sick yeah, just the other I, day. You know she, I mean? she's, she's got the Rona, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's going to happen and it's going to keep going. But, like, you know, to, to what we did to try to address it, Cisco proper, you know, we had – the desk hub that we released first. And I'll be honest, it was kind of a pretty terrible product. Yeah. You know? um, we got the WebEx desk pros that were there right before, but they were a little large for some people at their houses Then the desk and the desk mini. Um, and all those are pretty great and they solve different purposes, I would say. But the, uh, the hardware limitations on some of our products during that time is going to keep us from doing, from doing the MTR it. on those guys. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, to give the quick and dirty on it, because you and yeah. I are getting good at it, you know, yeah. the MTR Daily. software will load up on our WebEx board pros. Mm -hmm. So those, those big boys come at, you know, 55 and is it 70 now? 75. 75. 75 50. inches of pure glory. We got rid of the uh, the 70 and the 85, I believe, and went just two models, the 55 and the uh, 75, and we added wheels. The wheels are nice, man. Uh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> we're real proud of those wheels, though. Uh, um, we love the wheels. Love the wheels. And we love that 9-meter cable. Yes. Yes. We're really proud of those products. <laughs> Anybody who's ordered one knows the joke there. Um, yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know... Those will be the first ones. So we're actually getting to beta on that, I believe, now, right? Uh, right right customers. now. Right now we're deploying, uh, you and I both have had our hands in setting up specific locations around the globe uh, with MTR, capables of doing demos, um, utilizing the demo toolbox, um, working with on-site TSAs to get these set up. Um, it was yeah. a it was a process, a growing process for us to learn about the, the MTR and kind of what it did. Even though we were early testers of it, I would say it's gotten a lot better since that early stage, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So whenever we were kicking the tires, you know, we spoke with uh, some folks internally. We got some early go-aheads to be able to kick this off and see what it would do. It's pretty incredible uh, to watch how the software matured and how fast it did. So historically, yeah. you know, Cisco ain't known for doing anything fast at all, <laughs> especially software, right? I mean, right. 
Uh, and whenever we finally got this one out the door now, it seems like, you know, we've gone from something that would crash or I had black screens of death, I would call it almost, where, you know, it would go to sleep and that's pretty much the end of it. Um, we got that all back and now it actually works really well and it's it usable for everything that, you know, the MTR rooms are going to do, you know, and that's the real thing though. Like, are you a good candidate for what an MTR room does at the end of the day? And then, and then you have customers that have expectations of the MTR that, Hey, I want an MTR in my divisible spaces. Um, in, in fact, I'm running into some of this now. MTR just is not going to do a divisible space, correct? That's my understanding as of now, you yeah. know, is that, um, so, and I just thought of something else silly too. We need to tell the audience about yeah, it. So please. we keep saying MTR, throwing that around. Now oh yeah. Sure yeah. Everybody who doesn't know knows and yeah. make sure you get in the fold here. So MTR is Microsoft teams rooms. Mm -hmm. So essentially, uh, if you're a teams customer and team shop, you know, a lot of the times uh, we'd get eliminated real quick from the discussion because we just couldn't do it before. Well, now we can. Yep, now we can. And, uh, but what Zach was asking about right there was these MTRs using them in these divisible spaces. So historically, you classic Cisco codecs, the same ones that are running a lot of these MTR softwares, you know, mm -hmm. we have this really huge advantage over everybody in the field. We have this macro engine that runs in the background, and you can pretty much write any JavaScript program to access that hardware on that video codec. And you can make things like close contact sensors talk back to the device. You can make a button on the touch controller so that you can open yeah. and close a room or you can automate it. That's a huge bit that has been a lot of contributes to that and effort. I and I can stitch together multiple codecs as well to make these two to three conference spaces with the collapsible walls turn into one giant conference space. Yeah, that's the multi-camera components yeah. of it. Uh, so on the high end, our codec pros, they support a vi inboard video, video matrix switcher. So essentially, you can go grab one slice of video from one input or an HDMI and a second component of the video from another HDMI and then you can compose that on the screen as what you want video to look like really powerful hardware but that all that awesome stuff that we just talked about goes out the window when we're talking about an MTR yeah that's that's the bad news right now as of today you know we're January 20th 2023 is it yep uh, Got to get my years right here. Yep, yep. Um, so, uh, you know, the agreement with Microsoft, uh, since they own the rules of how this runs, is, you know, it's got to be, you know, just an MTR, just like every other Android MTR solution. So that's the way it's going to look. That's the way it's going to feel. That's the capabilities it gets. Yep, absolutely. And moving into that, we have the board pros, which is our first first line capable of these MTRs. Um then, then next we're going to have our our more our bigger systems, our codecs, our codec pro, and our EQs, and then the the little room system, the the room bar. Um, every situation is going to be different when you're deploying these things. I I get it. I had a question for our BU and our PM. How many video sources am I going to be able to use in an MTR mode? That's that's a question we really don't know yet. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that, like, you know, we're at beta and we don't mm -hmm. even know these answers. But, you know, the field, 
uh, doesn't realize, you know, how far behind, you know, and how long it takes for some of this knowledge to trickle down to all of us so that we can actually test it on yeah. hardware to see how it works. Does it work? Will it work? And absent all these controls that we're used to on some of the devices, well, you know, on an MTR room, there's no concept of multiple camera controls. So right. what do you do? You know. And uh, but the one thing that I think a lot of people are that I've talked to that may deter them from going to an MTR is the fact they don't get the macro capability. They don't get all that fancy stuff that they get today with our normal Cisco environment if they go to that MTR. Yep, that's right. So uh, unless things change in agreements yeah. with us and Microsoft, um, absent that macro framework, you get what you get, you know, yep. in the certification path that Microsoft authorizes for the room or the device. So hmm. in some of those instances, a lot of customers may be surprised to find out they may actually prefer a room OS-based model where they can do things like that. But if we're in a write-out spec where, you know, the customer's got something and it's completely locked out, has to be a thousand percent, say, MTR yeah. on it, you know, we're done at that point, unfortunately. But it's it's a tough sell, and and one of the silliest things that I heard, uh, I don't even know how true it was, but I gotta say, they wanted MTR, be, and they didn't want the Cisco experience because of the emojis. The emojis, like the reactions. The emojis, the reactions in the MTR, they couldn't do that on the macro in in the Room OS mode. Dude, how many times have you been on a meeting <laughs> where anybody has bothered to find the emojis? I don't know. I, I'll just straight up say it. That seems like a silly reason. It to, does, and I, and I challenge that even further because in order to utilize the emojis in a room environment, you're going to either have to get up and go to the board or you're going to have to be logged in directly from your laptop in that conference space to even put a little happy face in the, in the space. Yeah, that seems ridiculous. It's, it's I would a, I would push back on anybody yeah, telling me that this is an back. essential business function. It's like uh, people that think that they need to be chatting in the middle of a business my, meeting. My, my so my that's another friend. one. Um, ever since we've been doing video, you know, we've been getting drilled hard for why can't we do video chat on a video system in the middle of a call? And, man, I think that's preposterous. Like, why? There's, do you want to be distracted? Like everybody's already distracted at home. You know, you're working at home. I'm working at home. Literally a moment ago, I got a guy that's messaging me while we're in the middle of this recording. And it's like, wait, hold up. I got to go get distracted to go, you know, set my D and D status so that, you know, the audience isn't hearing this, but I guess, you know, everyone's probably frustrated, tired of all these distractions. So we go back to the office. We have these nice conference rooms. Let's get distracted and start tapping out messages on controllers. I don't know. Yeah, let me let me stand up and go type out a, a three sentence reply back to John who just sent me a message on a board in MTR mode. That this kind of stuff doesn't make sense to me. For me, the most you know difficult one, and may, I'm probably in the minority, but it's the the hand raise in the middle of a meeting instead of just piping up and saying, "Hey, I, I got a question" or something like that. You know? Yeah, um, absolutely. I understand the sentiment that it's designed to do is like, hey, if I'm a quiet and shy person, if I do that, they'll get back to me. But mm -hmm. what ends up happening, I find a lot in the flow and the way that the meeting feels. 
Yep. It's the same person that'll continuously use that hand raise over and over and over again to basically like grab the mic from everybody that's in the meeting. And they'll just, they'll, they'll freaking commandeer your entire meeting. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, do you remember a long time ago, you couldn't share in meetings without getting the quote ball. Yeah. That was a terrible old <laughs> style. Was, was, I still get customers that say like, pass me the ball. Yeah. I, like, I do too. I, do too. I, I don't have the ball. Uh, you don't need the ball. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, that, that is a, uh, that I'm glad that we have came a long way since the ball. Um, um, so the MTR thing, though, to round that out, man, yeah, like, uh, yeah. that's going to be big. It's going to have uh, mm -hmm. the capability for us to work in Microsoft environments. We can still press hard into those environments, even if MTR isn't the right answer right. with RoomOS and just continue to run RoomOS 11 on our devices and offer a great interoperability experience there from yep. a SIP native device with CVI or PEXIP or BlueJeans or Poly or whoever you got in that environment. Absolutely. Uh, um, and, and then and uh, I still push it. I, I push it. I push that harder than I did MTRs. Oh, really? Yeah, I put I push that route harder than I would at MTR. I've talked to customers that folks thought that MTR was the answer, and they were kind of disappointed uh, after they found out what they were going to lose. And they're like, "No, we're good. We we'll stick with RoomOS." <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, the last piece to round out the thought, though, on where we're going with that pro product portfolio set with MTR, you know, we're also going to get personal level devices. So if you're familiar with Cisco collaboration devices, we have the notion of personal mode, which is kind of designed to mimic the old school call manager registered device days where I get a phone call, whether I'm at that device or not, it's ringing. Yep. Uh, per personal mode, you've had plenty of experience on Cisco yeah. on Cisco yourself doing much, those much, deployments. Much. <laughs> It's it's a good thing, you know. I I I actually think I would like the MTR personal display mode more than I would the shared mode, just because I would have all my one button to pushes right there in that little MTR. It's just personalized to me. I don't have to impact my other devices with it. It's right there, and I can go join that meeting right there. And that's going to be uh, on our Desk Pro uh, yep. here at about what like six months into the year or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think. R roughly mid-year i think is what they've said so i yeah i can't i can't wait to start that in beta actually I, I got a lot of customers who are really interested in that personal display mode a lot of folks uh i think you know the bu's kicking it around a little bit and we've seen kind of early early trials in software so i mean they know it's capable it's just we got to wait until we, we get them there the rest of the yeah. way to be able yeah. to start doing it and and like all things that resolve uh revolve around microsoft a lot of it, a lot of the things that we are hitting roadblocks on is because of Microsoft. We got to wait for them to be like, yeah, okay. And I, and I do tell my customers, go back to Microsoft if you want something to work. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting <laughs> thing that we never had to deal with before. Like it's, it was one company, we dictate the release train, we dictate how we want it to look and how we want it to act and go. But now, since it's a partnership between us and Microsoft, we have to actually get their permission we have to send them hardware. They have to go through our certification process, which, you know, frankly, it, apparently it has value to Microsoft customers, which I, I would disagree with. And I would, you know, full-heartedly feel a need to justify that because yep. that whole certification thing scared, I don't know how many of my customers away in the past, like, oh, those SBCs don't have Microsoft certification, so we can't use those. Yeah, we can't use them. It's just a scare tactic, man. A lot of the times, the stuff's gonna work just fine. Uh, but will, you know, will it work? But 
then they come into a is it supported? Well, oh, Cisco's going to support their gear. Yeah, but Microsoft's going to support the registration. Yeah. We're going to support the hardware. Therein lies, I guess, the value prop, right? On WebEx and WebEx devices, we support everything soup to nuts. You know, yep. you got a problem on a room kit, calling into a WebEx meeting, perfect. We can figure out a whole lot from that. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, in, in MTR mode, our responsibility ends at the software uh, as far as processing the everything, getting it out. That's going to be a little bit harder on us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft owns the meeting, so as soon as it leaves the network, we lose a little bit of visibility there. Yep, I agree. Um, so, um, final note on MTR, um, I have grown to start liking it more. I didn't like it at first at all. Um, but as, as it matures within our product, I, I actually am starting to kind of like it a little more than I did in the past. I'm not, I I won't lead with it. I, I refuse to because I do work for Cisco, but I, I will use that as a tool in my toolbox. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's always going to be there. Okay. Uh, I got, we got one more, uh, topic kind of work related today. Uh, I want, I want to tell you Chase about the missile program. Dude. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know the world's going in a bad direction, but you're going to start selling, selling me some missiles here. Hey, if, if I have to, I will. Um, so l- let me tell you about it. It's, um, uh, missile program is a, a program that Cisco, it is a Cisco program and it is literally the, it's an acronym for military in sales and leadership program. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to be brought into this world by our, uh, our VP. And, uh, he kind of said, Hey, go out, learn about it. Teach me, do it. I want you to spearhead this thing. So I've been in conversations with the product owner of missile and what they do is they go out and get already enlisted military folks. They're still enlisted. They go out and uh, they vet them in a process. They have engineers, sales, account managers, uh, project managers, the whole gambit. Um, they go through a rigorous training process, brought into Cisco, and then they're placed within certain teams and organizations within Cisco. Free. All right. So these guys, okay, so let's hit the pause there. <laughs> yeah, Let me unpack. pause, pause, so, unpack it. I'm a guy, I'm enlisted, you know, I'm out doing my job for the military, whatever yep. that may be, might be, you know, regular old grunt guy doing, you know, rifleman duties. It yeah. might be a cook on a boat somewhere. It might even be operating on the highest end of all of our special forces. You might have a guy who's a seal yeah. who's responsible for getting a whole bunch of bad guys in really bad places or saving people, whatever could, it might be. Could right? be, whatever it might be. These people are winding down their careers in the military. They're, they're winding down their careers, and they're going into a program called SkillBridge. Uh, okay. Skill, SkillBridge allows them to start doing that transition from military life to that civilian life. And so I had a master sergeant I used to work with. He talked about this uh, briefly yeah. with me one day, and he said that you know, in like the the last bits of your career is like an offboarding. So it's not not to be confused with like you know if you got let go or fired from somewhere is where they're offboarding you. This is more of a gentle downslope to help soldiers kind of become acquainted with being normal civilians. That transition uh, was rough Um, coming from me. I'm I'm a vet as well. And that transition from going from the military lifestyle into a civilian world. 
your your loss. You go you can have all the TAPS briefings, which is your transition briefings in the military. You can have all the resume building classes. You can do everything you want to do. But at the end of the day, moving into that non the civilian life, let's face it, it's not as structured as the military life. When you go into that kind of transition, it it's kind of a it's a tough transition. I, I bounced around job to job. I went to school to try to, you know, just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. This program didn't exist whenever I got out. Had so I talk to me right that. there, man. Like, yeah. what's so hard about the transition? Like, I don't understand. I, I wasn't enlisted. I've heard yeah. this talked about a lot before. <laughs> uh, Structure-wise. So you wake up in the morning. You have you, you have set time. You got to do this, 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 this. You get in the civilian world. You don't have all that. You don't have all that structure. You don't have somebody holding you accountable for what you're going to be doing that day. You're accountable for your own actions. You're still accountable for your own actions in the military. However, there's generally somebody who's pretty much looking over your shoulder telling you what to do. You don't have that anymore when you transition. You don't have somebody telling you what to do. And the transition phase, going back into I, every day, I knew what I was wearing. I knew exactly. Putting on your I, fatigues, getting I, out there. In the civilian yep. life? I, yeah. I, yeah I, you have that transition phase. You take your BDU pants or fatigues and you cut the knees out and I'm still wearing a little bit of fatigue here, but you know, it's not quite there. Not quite the same. Yeah. So you don't have to spit shine your boots anymore. And you know, a lot of things have changed in the military today, but the transition is still going to be there. You go from a guy that's been in combat many, many times going back to, Hey, I'm going to be a stay at home dad. There's a big transition. That's a big culture shock there. I guess. That's a big culture shock. And, you know, there's movies and stuff about it. And Are the movies right? I mean, y- you've been in some, war zones. Some are. You know, some of them are right. But there's some of them are, they, they try to depict a lot of that as closely as they possibly can. Um, some of them, they don't hit the mark at all, you know. Um, I, I mean, I went through a phase where I couldn't really watch a military-based movie because of I'd be like, oh, I'd sit there and start pondering about things. But as time goes, you can start gravitating back towards that stuff again. Um, I know a lot of a lot of military guys. They they play video games just because. Hey, it's I could jump into a Call of Duty and kind of still play my my role in life, you know. But it's it's a coping mechanism at that at, at the best, you know. Is it um, like uh, having, I've heard it described, like one guy I knew, he said that it's like having the volume knob turned all the way up whenever you're in, but is. then all of a sudden somebody hit the mute button. It is. Uh, it's, you wake up, you, you try to find your sense of purpose on a day-to-day basis. Like, you had a mission, and you go from having a mission to not having a mission, it gets, it's, it's kind of taunting on you. It gets, it gets to you after a while, but then once you start finding your footing, you start doing your thing, living your life, growing your beards, doing your hair long because you're so used to not shaving every day, having high and tights all the time. Uh, you get used to it, you know, and, and it start, you start adapting and you start figuring your way of life. So, and that's what these guys are going through in the missile program. They're going through trying to figure out how they can come into the civilian world. These, a lot of these guys, they do have the project management backgrounds. They have their CCNAs. A lot of them, some of them are networking today in infrastructure within the military. Um, the, this missile program is actually the only one in the world 
that host all six branches, including Space Force. So help me out there. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, how many, uh, you know, I, I know my dad was in the Army. Yeah. Everybody's heard of the Navy, the Air Force, mm-hmm. Coast Guard. Well, what else is there? Space I'm missing Force. some. We got Space, Space Force. Space Force. Uh, it's a new branch. Uh, so a lot of a lot of people are still joking about Space Force. You know, is it real? Is it really going to happen? Well, it's a recognized DOD military branch. It is real. Um, and this missile program has reached out, and we now have Space Force folks that are coming in to the missile program that can be slotted to, to come. We've had people who have done their whole military career already that have made that, that branch has existed long enough to graduate that, people. Basically it has, it absolutely has. So now we have space force veterans. Man, that's crazy. It is crazy. And it's exciting lifetime, times to be alive. <laughs> Either that or I'm getting old. <laughs> there has been a new branch of military service. That's kind of cool actually in your lifetime. Yeah. Um, but they go through a rigorous training program. Um, they report to the, the PO uh, of the missile program, and then they rotate through the key functionality areas within Cisco, whatever their discipline is. And then after they're done, they have the opportunity to become a, a blue badge uh, Cisco, full-time Cisco employee, and they're going to get all the skills they need. They're placed within the team for between four and six months. So they're going to have a lot of experience going into their job roles um some quick statistics the conversion rate coming out of this program is 95 percent so it takes 95 percent of the people that yeah. we have that come yeah. in and make them whole yep make them whole that's a pretty impressive pretty conversion good. rate yeah and uh that's just the the engineers the sales and the account managers there's a hundred percent conversion rate for project managers Wow. So yeah. it sounds like we got some needs in light of, you know, kind of a lot of people losing their jobs, yeah. the whole economy going to shit lately, you know, yeah. it's kind of going to help out. And, as, and, and Cisco's retention rate for veterans is 98%. That's the retention rate within Cisco. That's pretty, pretty good retention rate for veterans. You got to keep in mind last year alone, three of the folks that were placed in the missile program were sales champions. That's pretty great, man. That means that these guys have other characteristics. Like, you know, Cisco is known as being a technical company, but there's technical sales and there's sales too. And sales championship isn't easy to do. Yeah, it's not. And and speaking with the PO, she said that I do like to hit the special forces communities because they tend to be the ones that go in. They're, they're great at following orders. You know, they, 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 not saying I'll that say it Cisco, ain't so not special forces you follow orders <laughs> Cisco doesn't bark orders at you but I mean hey I have a client hard to deal with they're not really going to back down you know what I mean they're gonna, you're not going to really gonna, intimidate a guy who's uh, stared down the barrel of a gun of the enemy you're not going to you're not going to intimidate those kind of guys so again this costs nothing to the organization these guys are free to your order. Hey, 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 don't tell all these other companies that might be <laughs> listening to this pod about our secret sauce here, man. I tell you what, you give you give her the PO money, she'll probably give you a missile candidate. She's uh she wants she wants funding to help facilitate these guys better, to get them going better. Um in FY22, the hires, the missile hires that came from the program, 
their revenue impact was $1.2 billion for Cisco. That's a lot. That's with a B, not with an M. That's with a B, not with an M. Uh, there is executive support already from Cisco from the higher ranks. Rachel Barger, Patrick Morrissey, Eric Nip. These guys are all highly involved with the program. They enjoy the program. Um, yeah, again, you don't have to have an open rec. You can be a part of this program. You can have these guys come in, shadow, mentor them, teach them the way of the Jedi, so to say. And then once your their time is done, if you don't have an open rec, your responsibility to these guys is to network with them, sponsor them, and help them find a job within Cisco. Most of them are taken really quickly. Um, so what I did is I put all this package together for our leadership. I proposed a, a nice proposal to them. I asked for two candidates and I, I pitched it to them. Hey, this, I would be, they would be reporting to me and I report to Corey kind of how they're, how they're operating. And, um, I got the green light today. So we, on our team, Chase, we're going to have two of these guys to, to kind of help us. We're going to be there. We're going to be their NCOs. Now we're going to teach them how to do the things of Cisco, uh, hey, so, you're going to teach me all these military words. I'm going to feel yeah. like, uh, you know, I'm an armchair admiral at home here. So uh, the next the next phase is I, I have to get with our boss and kind of talk to him. And we literally are going to put them through an interview process. We're going to see if they're going to be a good fit for our team. I've got three candidates, and we only get two of them. So, um, what if I want to be selfish and I want all three? You, well, we can, and I'm sure Corey might take all three. So I, I <laughs> so I've got to talk to him about it. And one can start as early as February. So Man, that's, that's we'll good. have a guy in place, kind of backfill, help out, and we get we get going. Not only do we get these guys, but we also we're building a nice, strong diversity within our collaboration organization with the military members and the retention rate and they're, they're high performers already. They, they're leadership bound. They already have leadership capabilities. These guys are no brainers, man. No brainers. Yeah. I mean, our men and women of the armed forces are like obvious choices here to help us, you know? And if they're already, if they're already CCNA certified, if they're already pursuing CCIEs from the military, it's kind of what, a win-win then. I mean, like Cisco has thing, yeah. benefits that help you get there, you know, like more training. And we actually, you know, if you're a full um, blue badge, you yeah. know, meaning that you actually work directly for Cisco, mm-hmm. you get three free tries at the CCIE, yeah. which yours truly has failed three times, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I gave it a good go. But I, To me, coming from that side of the house, coming to a civilian world, Seeing this program in action, I think this program's a win-win. No matter what organization you are, from finance to what we do, I think it's a win-win situation. You're going to get these these folks from the military coming into your org. You're teaching them how to do things, and then they get hired as a blue badge at the end of their term. It's it's a great great program. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, so after missile, uh, I think I think we need to talk about uh, our caffeine. Caffeination. What Caffeination in the heck are you drinking son. today? What are you drinking today, What am I drinking? Is, it, is drinking? it daytime or is it after hours we're yeah, talking yeah. about? Um, morning, morning time. Morning, morning drink. Coffee um, before. 
coffee before liquor, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so right now, uh, well, we talked last time, uh, which I don't think we'll ever uh, get off the cutting room floor. Um, I was drinking the uh, Fet Noel, which was okay. uh, our, the French Truck Coffee's Christmas release. Mm. So French Truck Coffee is a little brewer we've got. Uh, they're out of New Orleans, I think, officially, but um, they're brewing over here in Baton Rouge. Um, so right now, though, being that in over in Louisiana, it's close to Mardi Gras time. Uh, they do a release they call the Big Chief, mm. and Big Chief is a mix of, let's see, I'm reading the description off of their site here, El Salvador and Ethiopian and Brazil coffees. Uh, and it's going to have flavors of toffee, berry, orange, liqueur, and dark chocolate. Doesn't that just sound nice? How fancy are you? Well, how, you how know. fancy are you with your premium Louisiana roasted coffee? I mean, it does smell quite delicious. <laughs> I'm sniffing it right here in front of you on the video stream. I can um, attest this, this coffee brand is phenomenal. Uh, Chase is delighted me and sent me a, a couple of bags of this and it's it is unbelievable coffee i i love it um i'm uh, actually uh, gonna order some very soon how you prepare it i grind it myself and i literally just put it in a normal coffee pot because that's what i have and to me it's just it's a great coffee and i know no, you prepare it. no fancy french press no nothing uh, that, no, no aeropress no aeropress no, no nothing like that i uh you, I need to send you some James Hoffman videos so that <laughs> you can watch how he does his thing. I do like a pour over though. I do like a pour over coffee. I think that's a nice that's a nice coffee, and I have had pour overs before. Um, in fact, the comp the company I'm actually uh, Black Rifle Coffee is one of my favorite coffees. Um, but I'm drinking CAF, which stands for caffeinated, as part of my French fuck, but. <laughs> It is. It's a great, great coffee. It doesn't break the bank. Um, it doesn't have quite the pl flavor profile you do, but it, it says it's got maple syrup, milk chocolate, and clove. Uh, but well, that's different. That's a whole lot of different flavors. It's it's not bad. Uh, it What's is, the roast? The roast is a medium roast. Oh, good. So you're not one of them uh, animals that likes to over roast your coffee and have no. like black beans that you're trying to extract flavor not, out of. <laughs> I am not a dark roast lover at all. I like a so medium roast. So I got to confide, man. That was originally my way that I did coffee for years. It was killed just dark over roasted, roast. killed coffee, past the second crack if you're roasting it yourself. And it was yep. just not very good at all. Um, and I go back now. So you had asked how I prepare mine. So yeah. I've got a uh, a Rocket Apartamento espresso machine, and I do Americanos, which for uh, for most of the audience probably is like clueless on that, <laughs> unless you're a coffee guy or gal. Um, it's basically pulling a shot and then dumping a little hot water on top of it. And you might say, well, doesn't that sound a lot like brewing coffee at the end <laughs> of the day because you're weakening down an espresso shot? It kind of is, and it kind of isn't. I mean, when you pull espresso shots, you get different characteristics out of it. You know, mm -hmm. you got pressure and you have heat that you're putting on those beans versus yep. just, you know, kind of doing a uh, an immersion more like whenever you're yeah. actually just brewing coffee. So a little different. Is Americano, is it a slow drip? So, no, you just pull in the, uh, the, uh, the shots. So I'm doing a double shot. So 20 grams in the espresso basket um, and then doing it in about 25 to 30 seconds. And I get 40 grams of liquid espresso out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then 
after I'm scaling this on my little uh, my little terrible scale that I got. I gotta buy a new one eventually at some point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great hobby, but it does get uh, a little annoying at times with coffee. Does your does your uh, does your coffee does it is it as fancy as it sounds, or is it affordable to the average Joe? I'll be honest. Uh, my espresso machine was my ten-year wedding gift from okay. my beautiful wife, and uh, <laughs> she had to tolerate me ten years. But it does pay for itself. So, okay. like, if you're the average uh, person heading out to Starbucks buying, you know, three to five dollar coffee a day, yeah. Yeah. this thing's gonna pay for itself if you go buy it. Yeah. But I, I think it was like fifteen or eighteen hundred dollars for the okay. machine. That's the grinder good. was another five hundred dollars. That's so, quite I mean, a machine. Yeah, you're in for a lot whenever you do this. I'm, now, it's not La Marzico kind of range where you're buying like uh, like what you'd have at an actual coffee shop for yeah. like three, five, seven thousand dollars $7,000 or something yeah. like that. You know? I, I, I've been meaning to get an espresso machine. I just haven't found one that I, I really have drawn to. Um, so far, the uh, the El Cheapo coffee pot that I'm currently using is serving its purpose. I guess you could blame <laughs> the military for El Cheapo coffee, but I, uh, I I enjoy a nice, just a simple coffee sometimes. But I, I I'm not gonna lie to you. I after drinking some of the coffees that you have, love it. Love that coffee. So the advantage of having like a coffee shop close by is like if you can't afford the machine, you can always go there and at least get the benefits of it. So. Yeah. Eh, you know, you you can you can delay the purchase. It's fine. One day, uh, you'll end up with one. One day, uh, one day, I will have out of the many hobbies that I do have, I will have a coffee, a nice. Dude, I don't know machine. anybody that has more hobbies than you. Love a love a good hobby. I love a good hobby. In fact, my newest hobby is sewing on night on vintage sewing machines. So. We can get into that next time. That'll uh, be another time. That's probably. another. Yeah. That's another conversation. Vintage sewing machine sewing. Let's uh, right. let's wrap this bad boy up, Chase. You got anybody to thank tonight? Yeah, yeah. Um, so truth be told, uh, we both owe a big thank you. Shout out to Sure, uh, the products. Uh, they have actually comped us with some mics for this show, so that we can actually bring this uh, this sound to you. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, they are coming in loud and clear. Uh, personally. Uh, for the money i don't know if i could find something better to do this recording or to recommend for a lot of our video systems so thank you sure yeah thank you sure it's uh this is a great great microphone i can't say enough good things about it uh it really is life-changing on how compared to some of the other mics that i have used how much difference this mic changes and you can also go in and use an application to change the settings on the mic to get it to tailor to how you want Yep, yep. These are the MV7s, uh, the podcast mics with USB interface. Uh, so, yeah, good good product. Good quality mic. And on that note, uh, I believe we're done for the day. Oh, nope, we got one more thing to mention before we go. Oh, um, oh. Our ahead. mailer. Our so mailer. if you want to get a hold of us, uh, it's collabandcaffeine at cisco.com. Uh, if you want to reach out, please drop us a note. We'll get to it as soon as we can. Uh, topics, questions, anything you got for us, reach out we'll uh we'll respond to that or we'll address it on the show all right and with that we are out peace out peace